Today's the fifth Sunday, and you know what that means, hopefully, by now. Uh, yours truly, Lance Pippen, gets to uh, bring the message to y'all this morning. Uh, I'm the youth minister here at Christ Church, if you did not know. And uh, I'm excited to be up here before y'all this morning to bring you the word of God, the, the message this morning. Um, but before I do that, before I get into the sermon, uh, it's good to have my mom, Brenda Pippen, with us this morning. Hey, mom. Uh, she's over here by my wife, Erin. And uh, hey, I also hear that we have some extended family in the house this morning. Uh, I think the Turner's cousins from Kentucky are here. So where are you guys at? Uh, back here in the back row. All right, so welcome, welcome. I'm so glad y'all are here. And hey, welcome to any guests that we have uh, here at Christ Church this morning. It's good to have y'all. Um, but for the last few weeks, Tim has been in this series called Bless. And it's based on this book right here, Bless, by Dave Ferguson and his brother John. And uh, if you don't have that book, I really encourage you guys to pick it up um, because there, as you probably can tell, um, there's been some good sermons already, um, and we still got three more, including today. Um, but there's some good material in this book to help us. Uh, there's five everyday ways to love your neighbor and to change the world. Okay, so get your hands on that book and uh, have a copy of it for yourself. Uh, but two weeks ago, uh, Tim started off. You know, it's an acronym. The word bless. Uh, what did the B stand for? That, that's your cue. Uh, so uh, what, what did the B stand for? Begin with prayer. That's right. All right. So uh, hopefully you guys have been praying for the neighbors, like the eight people around you, whether it's geographically uh, where you live or the people that you live, work, and play with, you know, your friends, your, your coworkers, your classmates, stuff like that. Um, how about last week, the L? What did that stand for? Listen. Uh, have you guys done a better job listening this past week? Uh, all right, show of hands. If you have, raise your hand. Hey, man, you guys are awesome. The few of you that have raised your hand, you guys are doing good. Hey, the, the rest of us, I, I said us, uh, we, we got some work to do, so, uh, so that's that. Um, and today, we have the E. We're right in the middle of bless. Okay, uh, we are talking about one of my favorite things to do, and I think it might be one of your favorite things to do too, but you'll see here shortly. But throughout this whole series, we are talking about neighbors. Uh, now, it doesn't have to be your geographical neighbors back home where your house is, okay? It could be uh, talking about your fellow coworkers, your schoolmates, your teammates, people like that. And like I said, it's the people that you live work, and play with throughout this life. And I hope everyone in this room and even watching online this morning uh, wants your neighbor, those people that you live, work, and play with, to know the love of God and follow his son, Jesus. Do you want that for those people? Yeah. But the hard part is this. This is the hard part. We try to involve them and mobilize them to be a part of something, something else, like here at our church or somewhere else. For example, there might be another service to go to, a small group to go to. And these things may happen on another day or another night. There might be another event happening sometime, 
Like we are having trunks and treats here at our church today. But simply something extra, something more in our lives. But today, I want to discover in this blessed series and all these practices that this is not actually an addition with the letter E to our already busy lives. If you're busy, raise your hand. All right, so most of us, most of us. But this is not an addition to our already busy lives, but it's actually how you already live your life. It's something you already do every single day. So this morning I'm talking uh, about something, like I said, that you do every single day. I'm talking about the E. I'm talking about eating or eat. Okay? So like I said, it's one of my favorite things to do. Is it one of y'all's favorite things to do? All right. So on the count of three, I want you just to yell out. So did you get that? On the count of three, I want you to yell out your favorite food. Okay? So count of three. One, two, three. Uh, breadsticks. Who said breadsticks? Dennis? Uh-uh. <laughs> All right, so, you know, I heard some pizza, spaghetti, breadsticks, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, if you were to ask my wife Erin over here what my favorite food is, and there's a lot of them, but it's kind of under one category, is anything Asian. Anything Asian. Okay, so I'm talking about, you know, that I love the Chinese food, uh, the Japanese food, the Thai food, and the Mongolian food. And man, let's just be honest, I do miss the Mongolian empire in Greenville that used to be on uh, Greenville Boulevard. Man, I miss that place. It was so good. But if it's something Asian, I'm going to eat it. Now, I don't do the raw sushi stuff. That's one thing. That's where I draw the line. Uh, My brother does. My brother loves the raw sushi stuff. Any of you guys love raw sushi? Uh, I, I, I guess technically that is sushi, um, but I, I like my cooked, okay? I, I know Aaron and I, one time we went to uh, Wasabi 88, and we, uh, we thought we were going to get a cooked scallop roll. Nah, it was raw. It was raw. And, uh, and we ate it. We didn't let it go to waste, but, you know, once you got through that initial bite. Uh, anyway, all right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> But with this whole uh, eating thing in mind, oh, by the way, I do use chopsticks. I I will say that. All right, so uh, with this whole eating thing in mind and favorite food thing in mind, I wondered as I was prepping for this sermon today, what are the top five dishes or things that us Americans eat? The top five. And, and, hey, I know it's Halloween weekend. Don't worry. Candy corn is not one of the top five. Okay? Um, But in a recent article published by Reader's Digest that came out a couple of Fridays ago on uh, October 21st, um, I'm going to let you guys know what the top five uh, favorite foods of American citizens are. Are you guys ready? Top five. We're going to start with five. Uh, And maybe the food that you shouted out just a little bit ago Uh, made this list uh, of the top five foods that American citizens enjoy. All right, so number five, we have French fries. Who loves French fries? All right. 
Uh, number four, we have cheese pizza, specifically. Cheese, yeah, if you, if you love that, raise your hand. Uh, cheese pizza. Hey, I think I hear stomachs growling uh, already. Um, all right, number three, we have hash browns. Who loves hash browns? Yeah, absolutely. They're so good. Um, number two, cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers, number two. All right, and number one, drum roll. Drum roll, please. Number one is a burrito bowl. Burrito bowl. I'm not talking about the burrito and the tortilla, all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the stuff that is stuffed inside the tortilla that makes that, okay? Um, any Chipotle fans or Moe's fans in here uh, today? Um, so, yeah, like I love going to one of those two restaurants and getting a burrito bowl, but that is the number one favorite food according to this recent survey or this article by uh, Reader's Digest. But um, your top five, those were your top five foods for American citizens. <clears throat> but uh, talking about um, eating today, talking about that, our big idea this week is to bless your neighbors. Jesus invites you to eat. To bless your neighbors, Jesus invites you to eat. With this one, eating or eat, uh, you can't just check this one off the list. You need to have a meal with a person or a group of people for that, that action there. It builds relationships over a meal. They're at the table. Most of us eat a meal how many times a day? Three. Fourteen. Oh, goodness. Whew. Man, 14 meals a day? That would be crazy. Um, but uh, how many days in a week are there? Seven. So seven times three equals how much? 21. There's 21 times, 21 opportunities to actually include other people, neighbors, if you will, in your life and be involved in the mission that Jesus has for us to save the lost and make disciples. 21 opportunities in a given week. Hey, speaking of Jesus, we are in church, right? Uh, speaking of Jesus, have you ever noticed that Jesus liked his food? Jesus, the son of God, enjoyed a good meal. He liked a good meal so much that uh, he was accused in Luke 7 of being a gluten and being a drunkard because he enjoyed his meals. He enjoyed eating so much. And in that particular gospel alone, the gospel of Luke, there are like 10 stories of Jesus dining and talking with various people. So much of his life, his earthly ministry happened around a table. In John 2, 1 through 12, Jesus' first miracle was performed at a wedding feast. In John 14, 13 through 21, Jesus took a boy's lunch and he fed at least 5,000 people. In Luke 22, 7 through 20, Jesus met in an upper room with his followers for one last meal before he was handed over to be crucified. 
And in John 21, 1 through 14, Jesus decided to have breakfast on the shore of a beach, a shore of a beach with his disciples. You know, in, in Bible times, in the earthly life of Christ, who you ate with indicated who you loved and who you considered to be part of your social circle or class. Jesus ate with the lowest and the most hated people of his day. Today we're going to look at one of the best examples of that. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn to Matthew uh, chapter 9. That's Matthew chapter 9. Uh, 9 through 13, uh, those are the verses we're going to be reading. So Matthew chapter 9, 9 through 13. Um, it's also going to be on the screen behind me if you didn't bring your Bibles today. Uh, but that, that's, that's going to be our main text this morning, okay? Um, so let's read it, Matthew 9, 9 through 13. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he, he told him. And, and Matthew got up and followed him. When Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees, or the teachers of the law, saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. From the big idea and this particular mass, uh, passage from Matthew chapter 9 this morning, I think we can get three questions from that. Three questions. The first question this morning is, who? Who do we invite? Going back to the passage this morning, in the first part of verse 10, we can read, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house. Now, I don't know who invited who here, whether it was Matthew, whether it was Jesus, but Jesus and the disciples ended up at Matthew's house to eat. Also, we read, continuing in verse 10, that many other tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him, talking about Jesus, and his disciples, his followers. So who do we invite to eat with us? Throughout this whole series, Tim has talked to you about the eight people that surround you your neighbors, your workmates, your schoolmates, your teammates, those kind of people. Do you guys remember this graphic? It was from uh, Begin With Prayer, that particular sermon. Hopefully you guys have filled in those blanks, those boxes around you. <clears throat> More than likely, the neighbors around you are the people you live, work, and play with. And, and, and those people, they come from different backgrounds like racially, like spiritually, culturally, politically. They may be more or less athletic than you. But that list goes on and on and on. 
But the big thing here is that we are all sinners. We are all sinners, every one of us. Jesus, the Son of God, has been the only person throughout history who has never sinned. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Romans 3 and verse 23 that all, say all, all. have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The people you invite to eat with you, they're going to be sinners. And Jesus calls us to eat with sinners. Going back uh, to the text again in verse 10, the people that came to the dinner at Matthew's house with Jesus and the disciples, there were other tax collectors and there were sinners. In Jesus' day, tax collectors were considered the scum of the earth. It sounds pretty filthy, right? Most Jewish people considered them traitors because they made their money by overcharging their own people. Tax collectors were seen, but they were rarely spoken to. And certainly not someone that you would want to share a meal with. Did you notice in the story today in our text that after saying yes to following Jesus, Jesus himself didn't give Matthew a hard time about the profession that he had. He didn't challenge him to start studying the scriptures he didn't challenge him to start learning how to pray. He didn't even ask Matthew to join a class on how to be the most perfect disciple. But what did happen is they went to Matthew's house to simply eat. Simply eat. And besides Matthew and the other tax collectors, the passage said that sinners came to eat. Sinners came to eat. The term sinner in Jesus' day was a catch-all term for anybody who wasn't religious or who had been involved in an illicit lifestyle like prostitution. The crowd that gathered at Matthew's house that particular day was a veritable who's who of the socially unacceptable. In fact, it was so unacceptable that the Pharisees tried to undermine Jesus by asking his disciples, his followers, in verse 11, why does your teacher eat with these people? Talking about the tax collectors and the sinners there. Jesus overheard the Pharisees. And I don't know how you guys imagine this going down or happening, but, you know, personally... I think that Jesus was sitting there minding his own business, you know, talking to people, that sort of thing. Maybe a plate full of food. Maybe he had some chicken, fried chicken. Do you guys like fried chicken? So maybe he picked up a, a chicken leg and he was about to bite down into this chicken leg and he hears the Pharisees outside. So he drops the, the chicken leg, chicken leg uh, smashes down on his plate. And he's like, oh, I got to go take care of something. <laughs> but uh, he had to go address what he had just heard these Pharisees say, or ask, I should say. Jesus told the Pharisees in verse 12, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the what? But the sick. Everyone except Jesus were sick. 
We are all sinners who are sick. And my friends, Jesus is the doctor. Jesus is the doctor. Jesus really was the only perfect righteous one. For in verse 13, he says, I have not come to call the righteous, but the what? Sinners. Sinners. This means tax collectors of that day. Jesus' own disciples, the other people that were there at Matthew's house, the Pharisees, them, and guess what? You and I. You and I. That's who we need to invite to eat with you, with us. The second question that we get from this big idea this morning in our passage today is how? How do we invite our neighbors, those eight people, to eat with us? How do we do that? I mean, all it takes is a simple ask. All it takes is a simple ask. We learned earlier this morning that there are how many regular times a week that we have a meal? 21. These times are already part of our days. These opportunities are part of our days. You got to eat, so why not invite someone to share a meal, one of those 21, with you? This reminds me of some excuses that people have on how or why they don't invite others to eat with them. Some people say that they just don't have time. They don't have time. Well, when you think about it, like I just said, you got to eat. (laughs) Your family has to eat. This is something all of us do every single day, like three times a day, you got the time to grab a meal or grab some food and eat. Another excuse that people have is, I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to say. And this one I hear a lot, especially when it comes, you know, from people, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to win someone for Christ. I don't know what to say. But as in Matthew's case, Jesus wanted to just go hang out at Matthew's house and have a meal. I think normal, everyday conversation would come naturally over food or a meal, maybe a coffee. But normal, everyday conversation would come from that. Eating together provides a great opportunity to live out what Tim talked about last week. And what was that again, the L? Listening. Instead of worrying about what you'll say, think about what you'll learn from others by simply listening. Listening. You can start conversations, too, by just asking simple questions. Like, where did you grow up? What do you do for a living? What do you do for fun? What kind of dreams do you have personally, or what kind of dreams does your family have? And one other excuse that people have is, I don't like having people in my home. (laughs) Some people are like that. 
But in that case, guess what you can do? You can go out somewhere. There's plenty of restaurants here in Pitt County, so, except for my Mongolian place. <laughs> anyway, but you can go somewhere. You can also do what these people, this couple that uh, the Ferguson brothers wrote about in their book, Rudy and Amber, you can do what these, this couple did. They didn't really know any of their neighbors when they moved in their house. And they wanted to get to know their neighbors, these people that lived around them. So they had an idea. They decided to bring their grill from the back of their house all the way to the front and set it up at the end of their driveway. They wanted to grill up some food and invite their neighbors over to eat. And what a great idea that was. You know, for the first few weeks after they started this, they only had one family besides themselves show up. But hey, in my opinion, that's a start. But after a month of praying and continuing to get the word out to their neighborhood, the entire neighborhood started eating at Rudy and Amber's house every single Tuesday. How awesome is that? How do you invite someone over to eat or out to eat, maybe? It's just a matter of asking. Oh, good times. Um, or you could do the grilling in your driveway thing. You can also use a meal calendar, and you have some meal calendars found in your bulletin today. This is a simple tool at the beginning of every week to pick maybe just one meal. Say one meal. One meal. Or one coffee meetup to bless someone, to invite someone to. So there's 21 opportunities to eat, and then there's seven chances to grab coffees. But, hey, I'm asking you to, to, to just try to do one this week. It's Sunday. Try to do one this week and just fill in someone's name on that meal calendar. This isn't adding one single minute to your day or to your schedule. It's just a way to challenge you to include someone in something that you guys are already doing. And lastly, this morning, I want to ask the question, why? Why do we invite? Why should we invite our neighbors, our people over to eat? Why should we do that? Here's why. Dining or sharing a meal with folks can change lives. Sharing a meal with folks can change lives. Matthew's life was changed, I believe, in our text. He walked away from his tax collector's booth. He walked away from ripping off folks. He went on to be a disciple, an apostle of Jesus. He was an eyewitness of Jesus' ascension back to heaven. Later church fathers as Irenaeus and Clement of Alexandria claimed that Matthew even preached the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to the Jewish community in Judea. History says that Matthew wrote the gospel that bears his name the biography of Jesus and the first book that we find in the New Testament. 
History also tells us that Matthew died as a martyr for he was executed because of his love of Jesus. I mean, from all of this, we can see that Jesus' invitation that day when he saw him at the tax collector's booth and the meal afterwards changed Matthew's life. And you know, I often wonder what happened, what came to be with those other tax collectors and those sinners that were there at that meal as well. I'm pretty sure that their lives changed too after that dinner that night. Um, Let me ask this. Uh, Have you all heard of online dating before? Have you? All right, so uh, we, we hear a lot of horror stories about online dating, right? Like, I know a few weeks ago, Tim talked about the ID channel. Don't watch that. Uh, or maybe, maybe you should. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but there's a lot of horror stories about online dating. But, hey, I'm here this morning to let you know that I'm a survivor uh, of online dating. And Erin, she's a survivor, too. So, uh, so now you guys know how Aaron and I got together. True story, right? Yep. So uh, Aaron and I met online or through online dating. It was probably late August or early September 2013. Uh, and we started having conversations back and forth. She didn't know I was going to do this, by the way. So... <laughs> But uh, she can tell you that my first comment after seeing just a picture of her was, hello, beautiful. <laughs> like I said, just a picture. And, uh, and man, you know, it went on from there. Uh, but finally, we decided to meet up in person, face to face. Uh, This meetup, which uh, included a Starbucks coffee at Starbucks and then dinner at Chick-fil-A, that, that is, yeah, good good things, right, manna from heaven? (laughs) Uh, But those two things would change our lives forever. From that meetup and meal on September 23rd, 2013, We decided to continue on with our relationship. And hey, over nine years now, we are husband and wife. And we celebrated seven seven of those nine years of marriage back on September 25th. So, (laughs) so, uh, thank you all. Um, So, my friends, that was a meal that truly changed two people's lives in this room. But I'm telling you today that there is power. Say power. In sharing a meal together, there's power to change lives. What would it look like if you just set one meal out of the 21 given a week to bless people by simply eating with them? You know, with all the bad and the crazy going on in our world today, and that's true, right? Bad and crazy. Can, can, you, can you just picture for a moment a world where people are sitting together, eating, talking, listening, and connecting with each other. Can you imagine that? 
I believe that this is a picture, our Heavenly Father, that God wants to see. You'll be amazed by how you can impact the lives of others, of people, just by being around a table. Shoot. Listen to this. You're hopefully going to find yourself helping others eat their way by just inviting them around a table into the kingdom of God. Let me say that again because this is important. You're going to find yourself helping others eat their way into the kingdom of God. My friends, meals can change lives. Meals can change lives. You know, a few years back, uh, Ashley Jones, uh, a lot of you guys uh, here at Christ Church know Ashley Jones. Uh, when Ashley was in the youth group, um, she, she said something that stood out to me, and I still use these words to this day. I want you to point to yourself. Point to yourself. As you're pointing to yourself, you are the only Jesus or Bible that a lot of people will see. You are the only Jesus or Bible that people will see. And what strong and impactful words Ashley Jones said that night in youth group several years ago. Strong words there. Will your invitation to eat with someone or some people change their lives? Because you simply acted like Christ. Because you simply acted like Jesus. Will your invitation and your personal example lead that person or those folks to having a relationship with Jesus? Let me tell you about another meal that changed lives. It was a meal that changed the lives of Jesus' followers, his disciples, and it's a meal that should still change our lives every single time we partake in this meal. It's the Lord's Supper. It's communion. You can go ahead and um, grab your emblems this morning. Uh, if you fail to get them, they're back uh, on these tables in the back. <clears throat> but uh, like I said earlier, this meal was in the upper room. It happened on a Thursday night. Jesus and his followers had, had been there in the city of Jerusalem all week. Yes, the Passover was going on. And there was a lot of instances where, you know, Jesus went to the temple and Jesus did this and that. It was a busy week for them. But Jesus sent some of his followers to, hey, make sure that this room gets ready. Make sure that room gets ready. Jesus met with his disciples that Thursday evening to celebrate the Passover and just to partake in the Passover feast that particular day. 
The Bible tells us in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, last part of uh, verse 23 through verse 26, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It goes on to say, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Hey, uh, let's just pause and, and let's just think about what we have just done. Just take a moment to remember Jesus' sacrifice for you. That, that particular night, that Thursday night, Jesus was preparing his disciples. He was changing their lives, even though some of them did not realize it. For what was about to happen to him in just a matter of hours. And for us, you know, it's life changing too. Every time we partake, we should remember the awful things that happened to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Through his trials, through the beatings, through the insults, through the people spitting on him, through the crown of thorns that soldiers got together and smushed down on his head, through the nails that went through his hands and his feet, and through that cross itself, even to the point that he had to carry his own cross. Jesus went through all these things for us, for you and me, to save us. The meal that we just took part of, it should change our lives every time that we partake of it. It should remind us of what Jesus did so you and I can be saved. My friends, to bless your neighbor, Jesus invites you to eat, but also drink. And that's what we just did. Let's pray. God, we love you. We just thank you so much for just the words that you have allowed me to speak to these people this morning. 
God, we thank you so much for the times, those 21 opportunities, those 21 times that we eat throughout the week. And God, I, I know personally, but I think all of us here, we wanna see our neighbors. We wanna see the people that we live, work and play with. God, have relationships with you. And what a great way to, to start that relationship by just inviting someone to a, to a meal with us during the week. God, I thank you so much for this challenge this morning. God, let us take that, that meal calendar. Let, let us just, maybe we're thinking of someone right now, but let's invite someone to lunch this week or dinner or breakfast, whatever the case may be. But God, maybe through that simple invitation, that person will go into a relationship with you. That's our prayer. That's the challenge this morning. Thank you so much for, for this, this way. And I pray this in your name. Amen. So, hey, um, it's getting about lunchtime. <laughs> so what a perfect way to start this. There's a lot of people in this room. So maybe invite someone out to lunch with you today when we're done here. When you, like before you walk out those doors, invite someone to go eat with you. What a challenge. Let's do it this morning, okay? So if you guys have any prayer requests or need to make a decision about your life, you know, we just talked about Jesus, how, what he went through to save us. I want you to come forward this morning as we stand and uh, as we sing.